Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome to Life Simplified, where we try to make life a little easier by turning research-based information into everyday life hacks. Today, we're going to continue our discussion on money spending habits and attitudes. So I hope that you've had a chance to go and listen to our coin confessions episode where we give you the opportunity to take the money habitudes card game that's provided to us by the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. And so if you have listened to it, you will hopefully remember that we talked about how we were going to have some special guests with us today to dive into a little deeper our money habitudes. And so I think maybe our special guests may know a little bit more about our money habitudes than we do. (laughs) That could be the case. Uh, So before we get started, I wanted to introduce our special guests. Hello, I'm Curtis, the first victim, and also Amanda's husband. I'm Wesley. I am uh, Tiffany's husband and uh, was bribed to be here, but I'm glad to be on my first ever podcast. Hello, I'm Royce. I am Ashley's husband. So uh, thank you all so much for being here. As you heard, uh, they said they may have been bribed a little bit, but... They are happy to be here, and this is going to be a fun episode to, to do with them. So before we get started, I want to recap a little bit about the money habitudes and what that actually is. So as I mentioned a little bit before, it is the card game that's set, out, set up to let people understand their habits and attitudes towards money and how, there's, how it's developed. So we talked about last time that it's developed through your family and how you were brought up. Another one is your life experiences, your environment that you're in, the culture that you're in, the media that you're surrounded with. And so those develop your money habitudes and how you actually spend your money. So we did also briefly talk about the different habitude types. So today we're going to be talking about advantages and challenges of those different money habitude types. I'm going to go through and highlight a couple advantages and a couple challenges of each of our different types of habitudes before we dive into some conversations about them. So we'll start off with security. So security, if you uh, don't remember, is money helps you feel safe and in control. And so some advantages could be having a budget, financial goals and savings, and you shop wisely for value items. So some challenges for security would be save so much that there's no money for today's wants and needs, or you buy based on price when it isn't what you really want, or it won't hold up over time. Planning. Planning was helps you achieve goals. And so some advantages would be you set and accomplish goals. Uh, you buy items you really want that will retain value. Some challenges of planning would be you feel pressure to spend money in ways that don't fit into your budget. You find it hard to respond to new opportunities. 
So carefree, if money isn't a priority, you just let life happen and spend as you want. And so some advantages would be you can jump on new opportunities and you don't feel pressured by others' expectations. Some challenges would be you feel trapped or obligated by being supported or you lose track of money or possessions. Status, money helps you present a positive image. So some advantage to that would be you present a strong first impression and you make generous donations. Some challenges would be you create a false image of having wealth and you have no money saved for the unexpected expenses that occur. Spontaneous, money encourages you to enjoy the moment. So advantages for that would be enjoy adventures and the unexpected, or you may be able to quickly respond to opportunities. And some challenges of being spontaneous would spend even when you don't have money, go into debt to buy things that you don't need. And then the last one we're going to go over is giving. So that would be money helps you feel good by giving to other people. And so advantages would be have strong values and convictions and also dependent upon by others. So some challenges would be disappointed if money or gifts are not accepted and unrealistic expectations that others will give back when you need help. If you have not been able to take the Money Habitudes card game online, please feel free to send us an email and we will send you that link and then you will get a large packet. It's about 20 pages long that explains all these different things and goes into more detail about it. So as we get started, I would like for everybody to kind of go around and share what your top dominant habitude is that you all found after playing the game. So I was tied. Security and planning were like co-dominant habitudes for me. So mine was uh, planning by far was the most dominant. I was in a three-way heat, but planning was also my majority with a strong security and giving for a tie in second. So mine were planning and giving. My dominant was planning. My dominant was by far planning. So it sounds like we're all similar. So... Do your spouses or do each of you all agree with what um, or each of us said that our dominant was? Is there something like sticks out like, yeah, that is either we talked about advantages and disadvantages of each. Is that something that you all agree with for each other? Yeah, I mean, ours is really similar. And I think that we make financial decisions pretty much the same, which can be good for not arguing but can be difficult because neither one of us are really big risk takers so we maybe don't open ourselves up to other opportunities because of that i agree with that i feel like we spend a lot of time because we're both planners planning for what decision we want to make but actually deciding what decision can to make can be difficult especially for me because my second is security and so i don't want to have buyer's regret right and so I think that's probably one of our struggles with both being planning because not one of us is really more of a risk taker than the other. Well, my second was spontaneous, which I think kind of just cancels it out. But I had a lot more planning than I did spontaneous. But his second is not spontaneous. So while we're both planners, I think I also can pull that into, well, this is this is on sale or this vacation is coming up. So while I'm planning for it, 
we're going to plan to spend our money. But while we're on vacation, then there may be an extra thing that I am willing to purchase that maybe he would like to wait on and plan for it a little better. Yeah, so since I'm such a big planner, I drew a goose egg on spontaneous. So um, definitely um, losing some of the spur of the moment decisions from being such a planner. Yeah, and full disclosure, so my second one is status, which is totally opposite of my security and planning that are tied together. So I don't really know how that factors in, but I definitely would agree that it's accurate because I I do like nice things, even though I also want to plan and have security of money as well. So it sounds like we we differ a lot on our second dominant habitude. So thinking about money decisions whether you're making them together or just everyday decisions. We've talked about those habits and those spending leaks before. What are some maybe challenges or benefits of having different uh, second dominant habitudes? I think a good example for me, and I'll use this because we kind of went through it on looking at upgrading vehicles, for example. We might agree on the same model of vehicle, but our trim packages could be different. I might be leaning towards a Lariat or a Platinum, and she's fine with the XL or the XLT. Well, I mean, we're we're the same on planning and security. Security was my second one, so like having that nest egg sitting there that don't touch it. It's not drawing me any interest. It's not doing anything with it, but I like knowing it's there. Not very good at giving not very spontaneous and not very status driven either so probably lacking in a few other areas thinking back to the holiday season when i think about how i have more of a status habitude and west does not i am okay with spending extra on the name brand clothes and things and i like to have nice things i like to feel good about what i'm wearing or the purse i'm carrying or i mean i don't want to go where i'm going into debt for it I buy things I can pay for and pay for them at that time but I do like to have nicer things and I will spend a little bit more whereas Wes wants more of like let me get the deal like I don't want to spend a lot and I think it's a little sticker shock when it comes to different clothing so no it's got to be a necessity or a need right if you don't need it why you buy it you need clothes you don't need a expensive purse do you I want the first. <laughs> so wants and needs. That's another podcast. Go look that one up in the file. But but he will have to admit, I think, that I did splurge on some things for him, clothing-wise. And you like them, right? Like, you can understand. Like, sometimes it feels nice. Well, I was surprised that my second was not security. I may or may not have played this game many years ago. And... My first, second, and third were planning, security, and status, and not particularly in that order. But I expected, again, for security to at least be my first or my second, and it wasn't. But it is my husband's. It is his second, whereas mine was spontaneous. So I don't know what has changed over these years that I'm like, let's spend the money, but I'm going to plan for my spontaneity. Well, I like that you brought up about like the vacations because we talked about it a little bit. We're both planning. So if we go, my husband doesn't really like to go on vacations a lot. I'm the one that always plans them. (laughs) Me too. Over here. Like not thinking it's 
same necessary to plan <laughs> so this. So maybe it's just us we're planners, but I do plan it like a year in advance. And so I, you know, I pick the place and I, as my husband says, I have a plan for the plan, and then I try to get everybody to rally around the plan where he just kind of shows up. And so he is a planner in some aspects of like he mentioned, like buying a car and researching it and looking and trying to find the best deal and I'm just like nah, you know that doesn't really matter but I'm planning the plan of our vacation too <laughs> so I think for me and Tiffany on her third one was status I didn't have any for status but you know we buy and have nice things a nice house nice vehicles things like that and maybe some of that is for her I don't know she can answer this in a minute you know she likes people to see her in those things for me it's like, I don't want people to view me like, oh, look at him in that fancy house or fancy car showing off his money. I just assume not be viewed in that way. So maybe that's why status is not that important to me because I don't want people to look at me like he's just showboating because I'm not, you know, I'm not a showboater. You don't want to keep up with the Joneses. Right. right. Yeah. I probably look like I am, but I don't like it. Yeah, you know, I um yeah, we have we have nice things. I don't think that I like those things though. When I think of status for me, it's not oh, look at me. I want to have the best thing. I want the attention from it or I want to feel better than somebody else because I, I don't like that. I think I just know what I like and I do like to be unique. I do like to be unique because of who I am, not because I want people to to see me standing out from other people. I just tend to like I can go in a place and be like oh I really love that thing and I'm not trying to find something that's expensive or extravagant that's just my taste and it just happens and I'm like oh of course it's that price that that would make perfect sense so I don't really want it because I'm kind of looking at, we have a sheet here and it's you know money helps you present a positive image with status and there's like one viewpoint wants to be accepted by fitting in or one viewpoint wants to be acknowledged and stand out. And I think I just like to be myself. I just like to be who I am. And I like the uniqueness of that. And I'm not always unique, but I do enjoy that. But no, I don't want like the attention. And and I do, I have had those same feelings that was shared. I don't want people to think that I or we think we're better than anybody because I absolutely don't. And I don't want my things or my stuff to make anybody feel less than ever. Yeah, I think it's a guilt thing. Sometimes nice things make me feel a little guilty, maybe. Like, oh, maybe I don't deserve this. I have it. Don't necessarily deserve it, but I have it. I think that's a good different perspective to look at different money habitudes. Because if you're not a status person, you may view somebody like, oh, they think that way. Or what are they trying to prove when really they're not? They're just appreciative of what they have and they enjoy things that they can afford so that may not be for everyone and I think that plays into as what we talked about before those advantages and those challenges but how our habitudes are shaped it's by our environment by our life experiences and how we were how we grew up so that really plays into you know why we are the way we are so one thing that I thought was interesting with ours is our giving. Um, so my husband and I both had giving as our second, but we're different givers. 
So I'm a giver to, if your kid's doing a fundraiser, I'm buying it. Like I, I'm trying to help to do the, you know, and I'm donating to different things where he, we talked about it a little bit is like, well, I'm donating my time. Like I'm driving here, I'm doing the things. Um, so we are giving, but we're giving in different ways. So I may be, I tried to be a little bit better about not buying all the things and all the fundraisers, um, just because I know sometimes that can just be a continuous cycle. Uh, so I am more mindful of that and trying to do a little bit better about it. I think also the product of the work, you know, in what environment you're in. In my line of work, I'm approached a lot for sponsorships, giving different opportunities and sometimes I will I'll plan out because I used to be inundated with those requests and you hate to not give and now that I know what my habitude is at least in regards to giving they're playing to one of my strengths I guess you could say but also one of my weaknesses because I don't have enough capital funds to give to every cause and so what I try to do is actually make a budget at the beginning of the year and allocate what I'm going to give to and then also on the time aspect, because I've learned that, you know, for the most part, it's easy to get a smaller donation if you're the one seeking the gift or the sponsorship. But sometimes the most valuable resource is the time, because I have a hard time finding volunteers in my line of work. But I, I don't have a hard time finding sponsors. But to get people to help you use the gifts that are given, that's a chore and really a challenge. And time is so precious that I think we overlook just what kind of gift that is. We both had giving very far down on our list and it made me feel bad even though we've talked about that no habitude is good or bad. I still felt bad about it because I thought well does this mean I'm not a giving person at all? We're, We're not giving but when I looked through I had a lot of sometimes and I think that we are very specific givers and we've got that we've got that plan shocking we've got the plan of where we're going to give and what we're going to give and I like that you said about the time because I had not really thought about giving my time I was just relating it financially but giving my time and volunteering then that is another something that would go in that giving category that I wasn't considering The only reason I mentioned time, just to throw this in, is that for those of us that are in the farming aspect of, you know, our work histories and careers, one thing that we do a horrible job of when we make those budgets is that we don't value the time that we put into our operations. And so it's a a hidden incurred cost, right? But somebody has to do that work and there's value to your time. But a lot of family farms, for example, they don't think about what the value is if you had to hire someone to do exactly what you're doing. And it's easy to do, right? Because we don't want to, we don't really want to realize how much time we spend on a certain aspect or part of what we do. But if you apply that to it, there is value to your time because you can't purchase more of it. And so you have to use it wisely. Yeah, I do feel a little guilty on a as far as giving goes, for me, it's more kind of like he said, time, my background, I am a farmer, and there's certain times during the season or certain days where, you know, it's it's go time. You got to, you know, and it might be a Saturday afternoon, every now and then Sundays, you know, late night sometimes, sometimes it's not. As far as time goes, I'm always kind of like, well, I better not, you know, volunteer for this because what if we got to do this work on the farm and then it's going to put, you know, my partners in a bind if I'm not there, things like that. And, uh, you know, as far as money goes, 
you know, I need to work on that. Definitely have room to improve there. But, uh, man, it, money is hard to make. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a little stingy maybe as far as giving goes because I know what it took to make that money. And it goes a lot quicker than it comes in sometimes. So Yeah, and so we we both had zero on giving, which means neither of us identified any that's me cards in that area. But like Ashley said, we both had several sometimes cards for giving. And I think that that does matter because you can tell we do have giving personalities, but that's not our, like, that's not where we would go dominant for sure. And I think we are very specific. I'm probably a little more likely to, to give time, like, volunteering to teach a class or lead a group because that's sort of what I do every day anyway so I feel comfortable in that arena and money we're very specific with like we do give but we're very specific in how we give what organizations want to make sure it's something that we feel strongly about and connected to but it is it it can be a little stingy when you look and there's zero on there because you think what what am I doing but I think it's good to dig deeper and to look at those sometimes cards and to think about why you got the results you did and knowing that there's not bad or good but it is information to know to to make better decisions in the future yeah I mean I had Probably half of them were in sometimes pile for yeah. me. So and I had like three. That fours. doesn't necessarily show up on the giving, yes or a no, but it's a sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you do have to go a little bit deeper in those. Yeah, and I think I'm glad you all brought that up because if our listeners are looking at results, they may be feeling the same way. Like, hmm, what? I really thought I was, you know, one and I'm not the other. That is a good point to dive into your results and actually look at the details and how many did you have in that's me or that's not me or sometimes me because you could just be leaning one way or the other or it could just be the phase in life you're in because somebody mentioned earlier like I took it years ago and these were mine but now this is mine right so it could depend on where you're at and I know with us with the young child and talking about new vehicles and maybe building a house like we're planning and we're in the security mode thinking about if we're going to make things work and how we're going to do it and be able to still to provide for our families so I think it also depends on that as well and I think in giving too it just occurred to me when you said that you know our kids are high school middle school elementary school the older ones are in a lot of activities especially sports and I think we feel like we're constantly giving our time and our resources to those things so I think maybe it's just this phase that we have these obligations that are just ready, readily for us that we're giving to. And so we're not thinking in other aspects right now. You know, the longer I've thought about it, you know, and some, most of us are in the planning category, but in the security side, I think there are things, especially how the security card mentions that if you're too secure or you plan too much, you're missing out on, you could miss out on some opportunities to have an experience that you normally wouldn't because that to me I, I equated that we're in our comfort zones and we like to stay in those comfort zones and luckily though if you have a spouse that's a little different they'll kind of challenge you to that because I think I've changed in some ways and been more spontaneous than other I think we for example vacation we travel more now than I've ever traveled other than unless it was work related but you know kind of remove that guilt of taking the time to spend I think it was your, one of your podcasts on attitudes to take time to invest in things that help you equate to a positive attitude. And if you do that, you're investing in your overall long-term well-being. 
it's easy to forget that sometimes, but the long game is that you're in a better spot to keep, you know, the status that you want mentally. And I've noticed that, you know, like I said, if we had to go back historically and compare to what you think you would score back then, the environment's changed. So it's interesting to compare those. So that really leads me into our next question that we're going to talk about. So all of us are planning. And so do you all think you overuse or has there been times that you've overused planning and have you kind of rein it back or has your spouse ever been like, let's figure this out a different way? Well, I can talk about planning a little bit. It's kind of weird because through this uh, test, I am considered a planner, but certain things I do not plan. Somebody has talked about vacations. Tiffany definitely plans vacations, dinner nights, date nights, all those things that, you know, I just really don't think about, uh, don't necessarily not want to do them, but probably goes back to um, kids have a lot of things. Every night of the week is something, the uncertainty of work hours or or needs there, but uh, she is definitely planning those things where I'm just probably a little more on the spot, uh, spontaneous side. Yeah, let's go on a, you know, let's go somewhere this weekend or something like that. But I drew a zero on that also. So you had uh, one carefree, maybe that's your carefree. Just, yeah. It's a good balance that you all have figured out. Cause I'm sure when you all first got married, it wasn't that way, right? You probably didn't plan. Tiffany probably didn't plan the date nights and think yeah. about the things. And, and you didn't think about her. that. <laughs> <laughs> After you swooned, Tiffany, you uh, <laughs> she decided she couldn't live without you and has to do all these things. <laughs> but I think that's a good example of how you all balance each other out. And and like we've mentioned before, it takes time to get into the groove of those things. And keep in mind, too, life could happen and mm-hmm. throw it all off, and then you got to figure it out again. And, but again, this is a good tool to be able to use and do those things. Well, I think we've learned each other because I will plan those things. And like he said, it's not that he doesn't want to do those things. He wants to do those things with me. He's just not going to take the time to plan it out because his mind is on other types of work-related things or those type decisions. And I could get frustrated that he's not planning those things, but knowing that that is more of my realm and he's going to come along with me, it's easier for me just to be like, hey, I'd like to do this. I've got this planned. And he's like, okay. And that way I get what I want, but he doesn't have to feel the pressure or stress of planning those things. I think it works for us. Yeah, you've kind of learned, you know, certain times when you can plan, certain times when you can't plan. I try to work with her and do the best I can. And she understands. She's gotten better. She used to get a little upset with me when maybe certain things came up with work. She's starting to understand that, that, you know, that's just part of it. You know, we got to do what we got to do to get things done. But, yeah, it's a team team effort. I would say that there are times when we both overplan, but just in different aspects of the overplanning. Like, he's going to be thinking about something totally different as far as his planning goes, than I am. But then, like you said, that does balance it out that he can then bring my attention to this item and I can bring his attention to the vacation. When you take a look at the planning side of things, at least for us, one thing I've noticed that we've started to pivot on in a positive way 
and I think that's probably her strength and spontaneity is we've made some smaller purchases that really simplify our daily schedule. Some things that will make the day more enjoyable, take out some of those mundane tasks. There's been two or three things. And then we've kind of changed some of our schedules on how we do things. Like we have a routine, right? And we know each of us is going to do that routine. Like, give you an example. Like, when we put our son to bed at night, I don't expect it to be her job, for example, all the time. So we rotate. And that plan, we kind of go back and forth. And there's some days that will change that. Since he was born, you know, to me, that was the ultimate plan is to figure out how to stage that out because both of our careers are very time intensive. They can take every bit of you. But I think it keeps us both at least at a medium average on being available not only for work but for family. And then some of the direct tangible purchases, I know we joke a lot. I tell her around Christmas time when the brown boxes start to arrive and the primitis really hits, that that is not my planning side. But at the same time, she's we've really adopted like the click list, for example, for groceries. And I may not be spontaneous on a lot, but I'm a victim of casually browsing when I go shopping, you know, because I like, she tells me that all the time. I like to walk down all the aisles, just see what options are. I may not buy anything. I just want to see what's new. That's not her. She don't like to do that. And so we plan to disagree on some of that, but it's made, I think, our life more enjoyable because we maximize the time aspect of what we look forward to. And it lowers the stress aspect also to know that some of those mundane tasks are taken care of. So we're taking note that my purchases on a certain website are helping our lives. Depends on what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I heard. So when those boxes keep coming, I can revisit this and play this for you later on is what you're saying. Somebody has to get rid of the boxes. And I was thinking as everybody was sharing how our this really goes back to our values. You know, we've had some values episodes and work-life balance. And I very much value time with the people I care about and experiences. And so I think that lends itself to the, clearly I'm the one that's going to plan vacations and date nights because those are things I value. Also very much value security. So that's a high one. And I think I shared that in one of our coin confessions episode that that comes from my childhood and just personal experience there. And I think all of those are playing factors, but really when we think about our money, where we're going to put it, where we're going to invest it is all the things that really are of value to us. You know, I I, kind of segue in with what you just said on giving is one of my stronger seconds. Right. And so when I give though, I kind of tie in the security and the planning because I like to give things that people will use. Mm -hmm. And so since majority of my family farms, for example, we buy tools, we buy things that I know they wouldn't necessarily buy themselves. Or we've added another aspect of my wife's strengths, which is the spontaneity, the experiences. And so we've tried to do some gifts where we give gift cards to go on experiences like movie nights or maybe different activities in a city that's not too far away. That way to encourage my other family members to kind of get out of their comfort zone and to have the memories. I think we've done a better job of that on planning because we try to make trips. You know, the running joke is I like to go to historical sites. Everybody else despises it, but when we plan a trip, I will say that we do, we try to do it in a way that we hit the interest of each person that goes. And so I like the historical aspect of where we go. So we'll do that one day. After that, everybody has a sigh of relief. We can enjoy the rest of the, com- you know, the vacation, for example. Uh, and so, but 
to me though it makes it an experience that everybody can look back on and say hey we did that i had fun and you appreciate the other people for i guess sweating through it right so for three hours yeah yeah so but you know when the get i try to tie all those in and i think about it i said well that goes hand in hand with the giving because i like to give something that i know will not just be clutter that that individual doesn't like i want i have that satisfaction aspect of giving that i want to know that they at least got a benefit from it and then we plan our gift giving budget too you know in the holidays and set it out and we have we share notes on our phones for example and uh, that's helped a lot and that way we're efficient in what we do so our last question we always try to challenge ourselves or be better uh at each episode right because we're we're learning that's the purpose um is there something about either your first two or your first three habitude that you're like hmm maybe this is something i can improve on maybe this is something i can change um or maybe it's i realize my spouse is this maybe i need to not be so argumentative about it or be more open-minded to that for me, I'm thinking about my husband's and thinking about his job. He is like, a, he does budgets and counts pennies and all the things. So then when he comes home with our plan to, you know, maybe buy a new car, it's, well, here's this and here's the mileage and here's this and all these overwhelming details to me. And I'm like, why are we being over the top? Like, just let's just go do it if we're going to do it. Let's just go look at it. And so I could be more understanding to the over budgetness that I feel like is happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty. Like I subscribe. I listen to a lot of podcasts like Wondery, American History Tellers, and I was a victim of spontaneity. And I made a subscription to the Rocket Money app. And that has only enabled my budgeting problem i guess you could say because now i can manage all my accounts in one area and it has helped me prioritize my time to where it's easy to do that but it's also helped me find ways to save and in doing so it's helped on other things and she's right i get a little overboard on it with the circumstances that i've had to deal with i mean i i check everything and then you throw into that that i farm also it's like a double whammy on budgeting and making things work and and she gets a lot of the farming side of it too but the thing that I'll say this, the thing about farming, how that balances me personally, is that those are things that we cannot control. Mother Nature and the good Lord is the ultimate control on a lot of those things. And it, it has made me balance the fact that I can't control every aspect. And that would probably be one of my negatives on planning is I think I have the opportunity or the will to control things that I really don't. And it's a hard skill to really tie in because sometimes you just have to be carefree. And there can be... A balance that's needed and she provides me that you know because she does tell me that well, we're getting a little excessive here you know the the year model and mileage for example when you're looking at that they do matter on some things but if you're buying it for end use you know just get what will fit the moment and what you need rather than all the other items i think that i can be a little more understanding because my second was spontaneous and his spontaneous is very low on his list, but I can be more understanding of his personality and why he, why his spontane- spontaneity is lower and why he likes to plan. And so just looking at this and seeing that, then I can maybe tone mine down a little bit, which like I said, mine was planning and I kind of planned to be spontaneous, but rather than buying all those packages that show up on my door. 
I don't I don't really know how they get there. But rather than continuing that, then I can pay more attention to what I'm doing. Be more aware of that. I think as far as carefree, which I did have one on carefree, but one of the thing, person A, person B, says gives up responsibility to someone else to make money decisions. I think we work together as far as that goes. She pays a lot of the, um, you know, everyday household bills. Maybe I handle some of the bigger things, property tax, mortgage, you know, stuff like that. But she knows I'm going to get the job done as far as getting those things paid. And I know that we're going to have electricity because she's taking care of that. So it's kind of a a team effort on that. And, you know, you know, we put our money together. Not saying that I don't have a little, maybe a little small, you know, something that, that I want to use money for. And she probably does the same. But... 99% of it goes in the pot together, and, you know, we use it accordingly. And then uh, also, as far as, you know, planning with money, sometimes that's tough when you have kids because, you know, you got doctor bills, shoes, clothes, volleyball, basketball, all these things that you're not thinking about. And, oh, well, here's you need $500 all of a sudden for a you know, volleyball fee or something that you really weren't planning on. So some of those things are kind of tough. Yeah, I think for us, we, we're very similar in our responses for the most part. And like Wes said, we, we try to work together. We just, we try to really even each other out in the small areas that there are differences. But, but we also, I've found for us, 99% of the time we're, we are good on finances and that 1% that we might struggle is because we stop communicating. And so I think the thing that we know about ourselves and each other is we just have to communicate because as long as we're open and honest with each other, we don't have issues. But when you start getting nervous about something or there's a big decision and you start holding back, I think that's when you set yourself up. Um, for struggles. So I think whether you're really similar or you have a lot of differences, just communicating um, and taking time to discuss it with one another openly and honestly makes all the difference for us. So thank each of you all for joining us today. Um, Hopefully you all learned something too. So our husbands were here. They got to experience our world of podcasting, but also uh, dive a little bit deeper into our money habitudes. If you have not had the opportunity to take the money habitudes uh, challenge online, send an email with the word money to our email address, lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com. And hopefully that will help you look at just overall what your money habits are, how you can improve, maybe what are some challenges or disadvantages, and seeing how your life experiences and your family, how you were brought up, your culture environment, how all those things play into where you are in the moment or the season, as we've mentioned before. And our word for the year is awareness. So at least maybe it'll make you aware of uh, what your habitude is and how you can improve or rein back some of those overuse of your habitudes. So thank you all so much for listening. This is Life Simplified. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com.